You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 386, we're all drowning in entertainment. Can anyone rescue us? The tyranny and stress of board games. And Juliet goes to see a black feminist punk band in Brighton. It's all coming up after Manic Street Preachers and Wrote for Luck. glorious track of energy very much under the radar originally a b-side it popped up on the compilation album lipstick traces a secret history of manic street preachers covering the happy mondays and that is the manic street preachers from 1993 and wrote for luck that is a, that's a fantastic version it was really nice to hear that i hadn't i wasn't familiar with it i was mm. familiar with the um with the Happy Mondays original, but not with that. I, I love the Manic Street Preachers when they do cover versions. Uh, for some reason, um, they really ring out to me. Welcome to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode 386. I'm Terence Stackham, and George, I'm just going to do an old school intro. I'm just going back to basics. Are you going back to your roots? I, I am. Here's my co-host, Juliet Harris. 
boom, like that, jumping on stage in a gold spangly jacket. Hello, everyone. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. That's really great. I like that. It's yeah. a do, 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 do. I really like that. That's I know. good. Let's I, stick with that. I think I might because I think these contrived intros are really, you know, getting on. Well, they're getting on my wick, so God knows what they must be for the listeners. But, I mean, or, or me. I mean, yeah, indeed yourself. Can we not forget my agency in this, please? Well, uh, that's, that's very true. But when I just, you see, when I say, here's yes, my. But, but, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Moving on. They're, 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 ignoring what you've just said. Yeah, yeah. No, no, well, you see, what I imagine when I say, here's my co host, Juliet Harris, I've got this picture of this wide circling staircase, like on the Parkinson <laughs> show, and you're coming, yeah. you're coming down it with a sort of band striking up. Oh, well, I, I, yeah, I, I'm sort of picturing myself kind of dancing on stage with mm. a cane and a gold jacket. Oh, yes, a top hat. That's a top hat, yes. Yeah. Or, or we could also go down the Here's Juliet with the sport route as well. Oh, which yeah. is, you know, we could do a, a sort of a handover and meet a sort of glossy American anchor style with blow-dried hair going, thanks, Terrence. Um, yeah, then we could also do that. You know, it's nice that we're working through this on air as well, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if you're listening to this in real time, you'll be all too aware that Christmas is just around the corner. Of course, one of yes. the, the quirks of podcasts is that people listen whenever they wish or whenever they find the podcast. It's a happy 4th of July to all of our American listeners. Exactly. Listening to this. Yeah. exactly. So if you're listening in July 2023, then the relevance of Christmas 2018 might be somewhat lost. I, I well, I mean, that. the relevance of the, of the world hopefully will still be relevant oh, in 2023. Yeah. I mean, anyway, sorry, moving on. I'm only mentioning Christmas in the, in the sense that for many, it's a time of abundance for overdoing it. Um, not for everyone, I, I appreciate no, and no. this impression of indulgence is very largely felt in a more general sense in the field of entertainment, and I find it all a bit overwhelming. Here's an example. The number of new songs uploaded to Spotify is currently averaging 20,000 every day. That uh, is... That is if, I can't... That, that's such a big number. I can't even begin to put it into the fringes of my brain that is just crazy so if you think there's 10 if you say for you know the law of ages 10 mm. songs on an album mm. um you know that is that is it's ridiculous just... that's that's mm. mental it's it's nearly 1000 every hour of every day 20000 new songs uploaded every day now of course um, it's, it's great in a sense that so many people have access to be able mm. to upload their music onto the streaming platform. Oh, absolutely. That's the, the upside. That's really. the upside. But how can we ever get to hear even a fraction of this new music? I mean, there, there must be hundreds of really great tracks that don't even register more than a handful of listens at all mm, because absolutely. they just get lost in that 20,000 tracks a day. Now, the thing is, Jules, I find this all rather daunting. New music then becomes more like a steeplechase all the joy is being taken away oh i love that analogy steeplechase mm. that's so good or oh, it makes me think of whenever i'm trying to discover new music now i used to have certain sources that i would go to mm. and then pick through them i still really like the music mag so i still would get mojo and uncut and have a look and have a read of their album reviews and see which ones i think sound like my sort of thing mm. or which ones they're particularly effusive about and um, that's how i discovered things like um i i bibido sound machine and stuff like that which i otherwise oh, wouldn't yes, come into yes. contact with and um, the enemy's radar used to be excellent as well yet another reason to be sad about the demise of the enemy but nowadays i feel a little bit like my analogy for this is do you remember noel's house party on bbc <laughs> one do. do you remember they yes i'm sorry to bring this up but you you remember there, there was a they used to have a, a, a sort of celebrity spot each week 
I mean, it's, mm. to explain this to people in 2018 sounds a bit crazy, but mm. remember telephone boxes, kids of the millennials, only, only 90s kids will remember this, but we used to have telephone boxes. And they would put a celebrity in, in what looked like a sort of telephone box. Mm. And it was called Grab a Grand. And they would then oh. throw a thousand pounds in, I think, either 10 or 20 pound notes mm. into this, this, uh, this telephone box. And then they would blow air up through a filter <laughs> at the bottom. And the celebrity had a certain amount of time in which to jump up and down and grab as many of those notes as they could. I think Willie Carson missed one <laughs> once, I think. I think he was the all-time record holder. I remember Frank Bruno tried to put a tail down at the bottom <laughs> of the air coming up. I mean, people lambast Frank for being a bit dope. He was smart, sharper than most people that went on there. He was sadly cooled off. But um, I, or like the end of the Crystal Maze when you had to jump and pick gold things mm. out of the air. I mean, I feel a little bit like that in that really I'm just grabbing indiscriminately at, at you know the mm. huge amount of stuff that's out there. I mean that that figure about those so many per day. If you imagine a thousand albums being released, you know, a, a two, if you imagine two thousand albums being released a day mm. when it's... you were growing up. How could anybody assimilate that amount of music? So, but then we've always had to have builders. I think you know, the, the music press has always existed for a reason. I think, which is, which is, you know, one of its functions is to review new music, and then people might go and buy it because they have they've read about it. I the problem with it now is that increasingly the stuff that I lean on to discover new music is. Um, our, our playlists that are created by I mean I use uh, Apple Music the iTunes mm. kind of app um, you can also use Spotify I think Deezer still exists as well mm. there are various sort of streaming and sharing services out there that will do the whole if you like this try this type thing mm. which always makes me laugh um, but um, but I, for reasons which I don't quite think I can go into on air I will tell you off air but, um, <laughs> but there's uh, Matt Lucas telling a story once about buying one thing off of of amazon and being told to buy something else but um it's it's a bit ridiculous really but i find it you know i find it worrying then that uh, some of my to use the buzzword of 20 you know one of the buzzwords of modern liberal wets like me to to, you know i lose some of my agency from this in that logarithms are steering you towards a certain path and you could argue that reviews in magazines are designed to steer towards a certain path because certain labels might have better success through knowing certain journalists of getting their record reviewed than others having said that though it still does feel a little bit more of a democracy than a team of people at spotify curating playlists that they think you might like we hear all kinds of horror stories about the way that logarithms are uh, are manipulated at services like spotify and others i don't think it's unique to spotify at all um so so for me I do find it a bit overwhelming. Six, BBC Six Music is a, is a huge amount of help to me because they seem to get the balance right between being a, a heritage station with Heritage Acts and also, by the way, Heritage Acts, who distressingly, I bought their records when they came out and now they are Heritage Acts apparently, so that's a bit of a pity. But, um, and also new music. The, the, the Six Music New Music playlist mm. is really good, I think. They never used to have a playlist and it's a bit of a pity that they now do. But having said that, the stuff they pick is really interesting and that's how having a digital radio in my car really did in 2018 that's been the biggest change for me because it's completely opened me up to new music again Hmm. but yeah i agree it is when you've got that volume of music being pitched into the world and a lack of there's no top of the pops anymore there's no Hmm. the only prime time british tv music program is later with jules holland um which is on one you know twice a week 
but it's the same program it's just slightly extended and and it seems like in a world and we probably discussed this before but in a world where there is more and more and more and more music there are less ways in which to curate that really which means we lean on stuff i lean on stuff like spotify which then provides a very narrow view yeah and the splits of of content is is not just restricted to music recently i found I found I'd um, had Netflix added to my television package and now I have such an overwhelming choice in TV and film. I just don't know what to watch. There's just so much to choose from. And... um then there's you so much produced as well yeah, i mean sorry yeah, to interrupt you there yeah. but we'll come back to youtube but but um, which is just you know we could spend the rest mm. of the podcast the rest of the week talking about youtube and how much is on there but i am um, i've been recently i mean just and also the amount of stuff that is free now as well because i know you have to buy a tv license but all four the channel four's kind of iplayer service the, the equivalent of the bbc's iplayer so i've got very into watching a, a, a repeats of a police drama called no offense which they they've done which is excellent um it's something I've always kind of wanted to watch, but never quite got round to. There are three whole series on there that mm. you can just that you can just watch, and there have been three whole series produced since 2015. <laughs> yes, and I know. Of eight episodes per series, I think. So, so, but mm. it, it, like you say, there just is so much that is produced now. You know, you can friends is on netflix you can watch every series of friends on netflix it's crazy i mean on on youtube which um i can i can also access through my tv 400 hours of video are uploaded to youtube every minute 400 hours every minute so again how do we separate the wheat from the, the chaff how do we know what's gold and what isn't and i'm all for encouraging new artists in all fields but such tremendously wide choice almost becomes no choice at all because we can't see the wood for the trees uh, excuse the cliche but it sadly makes me think i can't keep up and there's no point trying to sift through mm, and find mm. new music film tv books that might engage me yeah i could also see the absurdity of um of course complaining of too much choice i can hear people saying yeah too much choice you know try living in north korea mate um but i think <laughs> the, the the only way out is to have i think i, I agree with you 100 percent. the people that you trust curating for you like indie wonderland which is where i often hear new music oh, your, your show, Thank you. or putting our faith in the algorithms and and letting spotify or netflix choose for us but then in a way i feel that's kind of a bit of a big brother dangerous route to go down you know you yeah, will listen absolutely. to this um it's hard it's, mm. it's hard to know really although actually interestingly I'm, I'm glad that you feel that you get a recommendation to indie wonderland actually me and my friends recommend stuff to each other mm. so so actually in a way we've kind of almost gone full circle that i get quite a lot of my recommendations from people i know my friends that run a record shop that say oh, have you heard this and, mm. and all that kind of stuff that's where you can you can hear you can hear stuff really it's, it's those of us that are that are that are toiling at the coal face of selling people records and, and finding them to play on the radio it, 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 but what about us terence where do we find our music <laughs> well this is it coming next is it possible to play board games without creating family feuds or ruining friendships um that's next yeah, yeah, that's all the big philosophical questions of the day that's right after this splendid track from radiohead
Thank you for sounding enthusiastic mm. about my about my Radiohead. Yeah, yeah. I I, um, I did a as, as we mentioned earlier. I, I in New Wonderland for those of you that don't know mm. where have you been? Um, I, I don't know if you're listening to the podcast for the first time and have not heard me perpetually banging on about the shop. <laughs> the fact that I've got a radio show. I did a show called New Wonderland, and um, I, I sometimes mischievously theme things around what's going on. And we've had um, a little bit of local difficulty, shall we say, with our governing party over here in Britain uh, this past week, and we were waiting when I was on. On air to see whether or not our Prime Minister was going to survive a vote of confidence by her own party. Yes, true that as you will. And uh, I, I played In Limbo by Radiohead but in the, in the end I kind of was, was, was sorry not to play this really because that also would have fitted. Radiohead did very well at this week's event. You could have picked many things <laughs> like just Knives Out. Um, that's also theirs. Uh, electioneering that is also theirs. Um, dollars and Cents. All, all kinds of feral as well which felt very apt at one certain point this week. So, uh, so yeah Radiohead, the band of the times as they were for me and that from OK Computer in 1997 um, is uh, is let down. It's a very affecting track, very sort of Phil Spector-ish uh, production, which is, is unexpected. I mean, it, that's one of the best arguments, I mm. think, for the idea that OK Computer may have been their creative peak. Mm. I, you know, it's, it's one of one of excellent songs on that record, though I'm one of the very few people in the population which, as podcast Basim have, have taught us, has stuck with Radiohead through the good, the bad and the weird. So, mm. uh, so yeah, but um, that is... I think one of their finest moments. There's a there's a part of holiday seasons that I don't really understand. As mm. uh, far from bringing friends well, and family, let's try and unpack this. Yeah, if, if you could for me, it'd be helpful. But, but instead of bringing friends and families together, I, I think it actually creates tensions for, for for several reasons. And that aspect of the holidays is the desire to play games, particularly board games. Now, mm. firstly, if a newly bought game is introduced, then there is the tedious half hour when the over-enthusiastic person who brought the game to the table reads out the incredibly complicated rules and by the end of the explanation my eyes have inevitably almost closed and I'm, I'm snoozing off. Secondly, if it's one of the so-called traditional games like Monopoly then my heart sinks again because it's never-ending. No game of Monopoly has ever ended without someone saying after maybe five hours and, and sighing, saying, oh, should we just call it a draw? Absolutely. Or monotony, as it used to be known in our household. Now, Jules, all board games, um, they, they should all be gathered up and placed on a national bonfire in Hyde Park, <laughs> and they should never be allowed to be sold again. <coughs> You've turned me into Harold Steptoe, Terence. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I knew you'd have a typically measured reaction mm. to this. I knew we could rely upon you to not be alarmist or yeah. extremist at all. Absolutely. Um, so... One of the things I love about charity shops is the fact that you learn that there are more board games in the world than there are actual people, I think. And by board games, I'm on more different types of board game, let alone the volume of those board games that have been produced. Um, yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? I love board games. I'm, oh, I'm really into God, them. And I'm, no. I'm really... I mean, you know, but we, but we, we often differ on no, that. It's of importance, I know. Um, I, I very much enjoyed them because... My view is is that if you're going to moan about kids being on screens all the time, which I very much do, mm. then what's the alternative? And actually, I was seeing a friend of mine and her son recently, and her son does have a tablet, which he does occasionally go on, and we did have a very long and enthusiastic game of FIFA 18 on the whatever it was, PS4, I want to say. Anyway, <laughs> we did that, but the most fun part of the evening was when we dug the board games out and mm. stuff that I hadn't seen in years. Scrooble Scramble, that is a superb game. <laughs> also, Kaplunk, the first time I played Kaplunk ever. I don't know how I've reached the age of 34. Um, there's something about board games that are so involving and the thing that I love about them is 
that nothing else matters when you are playing that ball game. When you are playing mm. Kaplunk, the only thing that I cared about for that 40 minutes was whether or not the straw that I was removing was going to result in there being a crash of marbles. And when we live in a world where, you know, the fash everywhere, uh, various <laughs> things on the brink of war, you know, a, a universal credit in Britain, which really is the most toxic modern scandal ever, you know, Windrush people being deported for no apparent reason and then not being able to come home and then dying wherever they are. Actually, board games are quite cool. I'm quite into that as a sort of an escape from reality. There is something about, there, there are some that are quite collaborative as well. And so I've never actually played this, but I do, I, I was reading an interview with the, uh, with the composer Anna Meredith. Hmm who has been mentioned on this podcast before. I'm a big fan of her her work. And she is very keen on board games and card games and various things. And her favourite is one called Pandemic, which I've never played. And the idea is, is that you are trying... You all work together, so you don't all compete against each other. Hmm. You all have a different specialism. So one of you might be logistics. One of you might be, you know, in charge of of stockpiling drugs. And you all (laughs) have to work together to to, to fight a pandemic of illness that is raging across the world. That's the kind of thing that I think is really cool. Maybe we're playing the wrong kind of board games. Hmm. Maybe rather than playing Monopoly, which is, you know, the ultimate capitalist kind of hangout maybe we should be playing stuff like pandemic where we are working together i think the problem with board games oh that's my alarm clock um i think the problem with uh, it was on snooze i think the problem with uh, with board games is that they are that we kind of treat them as adversarial really and actually you know it, it i quite like the idea that you sort of work together to build something I, that's my maybe we should have board games that are, that are more of a collaborative effort maybe what the world does need now is love slash people right fighting together to stop disease um there's a uh, looking at some of these new i know it's deep man looking at some of these new um, these new games that are coming out this year um there's one called photosynthesis which i really like which is right. called Take your place as Mother Nature, controlling a forest with trees of all sides ready to plant. The shift in some piece on the outside of the board alters the way shadows fall on your trees. God, I love this. And your seedlings being blocked from sunlight from is bad news. The way you cultivate your bark base changes to full bloom, revolves around the sun. Where you sow and grow can affect other players. So there's some great strategy between you without being too too uh, too cruel. That sounds good to me. Sounds and very new agey. Caroline Lucas will be getting it that is. for christmas yeah green party the mm. board game it's at uh, the uh, the uh, description here is 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 the one sentence summary is why don't you make like a tree and have a lovely time yes i'm into this there's one called frenetic which looks well I, i'm going to say this just to see how you feel about mm. this I, I mean i am panicking just reading the paragraph here uh, to myself race against others and the clock to um, to create the most scrabble-worthy world you, uh, word you can, but all without the hanging about and thinking, oh, my dad needs this, he so needs this. My <laughs> mum used to be able to watch EastEnders and knit at the same time as <laughs> my dad at Scrabble. Um, draw tiles and lay them on the periodic play space and start round one. Simply make words you in the elemental title uh, symbols on the tiles, write them down, and after 45 seconds, Oof. score. Wow. As, as the game progresses towards the winning score of a thousand more tiles mean more world opportunities is that a good thing to do i think that is maybe the this solves your problem of board games lasting for 11 billion years i don't know we i had a game of risk at, at university with my housemates which once went on for three and a half days oh, the God, point oh when nobody could use the front room anymore no. um for various people we, we played two teams that had shifting costs so some of our neighbors would come over and play and then they'd go and then and then someone else's girlfriend would come around and play and then she'd go it was it 
it was you know it was very much a sort of it wasn't so much a boardroom as it was a kind of a sculpture really that was just sort of in our in our front room so um, you know i'm a fan of, of board games there is also um your your monopoly terence and i know that you have oh, an issue so they've yeah. made a version especially for you right it's called Monopoly Cheaters Edition. <laughs> Everything you've always wanted to do made legal. Reasons to buy. Few similarities to the regular version. God, how damning is that? Mm-hmm, that you should exactly. buy this version of Monopoly because it's nothing like Monopoly. Great. Plays in about half an hour. So this really is Express Monopoly. Uh, Marvellous. Good people show their devious side. Um, it says, cheat to, uh, cheat to create an advantage. Acquire money from the bank via stealth. Don't pay your rent, but if you get caught, you get put in a in prison. And they've even got a pair of plastic handcuffs that you can be put in with the game. Uh, it, it basically embraces the things that actually make normal games of Monopoly interesting, and possibly makes a much more cutting commentary on business in a in in the process. You've also got romantic comedy in a board game called Fog of Love, which sounds quite good. So um, so you know, I'm a. I, there's also. You know your friend Alexa that occasionally helps mm. you out. Oh home? yes, very much. There's yes. a game called When in Rome, which is the world's only Alexa-powered board game. Oh, that sounds terrifying. So you enable the game's Alexa skill, and you're ready to play by answering multiple choice questions from voices local to your city, delivered via the speaker. So you get facts along the way as well. So Alexa can help you play. So I don't know if that's a good thing or not. You you sound disconcerted by that. I, I, I love how board games are moving with the times. I think that's really cool. I think worse than the board games, the, 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 the physical games you mentioned, physical games of Jeopardy, like Kerplunk or Jenga. Those, yes, those... or Buckaroo. I often oh. I used to have a stand-up routine where I claim that um, that the multiple reasons for my poor eyesight will pop up pirate and buckaroo, and that I was still, in fact, picking bits of plastic saddlebag <laughs> out of my eye to this this day. Really, it's it's yeah, it's not ideal. No, those sort of games give me the nervo because they're they're absolutely exhausting for the nervous system. It's it's, yes. it's a, a scaled down version of taking that Jenga. It's like taking bricks out of the leaning tower of Pisa and waiting for it to collapse. Only it's a miniature version carried out on a kitchen table. It's basically a panic attack made of wooden blocks, isn't it, really? That's what Jenga essentially is. And Buckaroo as well is kind of waiting for the the world to collapse it's uh yeah it's it's very um maybe they're apt for our times as well british politics feels much like a game of buckaroo at the moment or jenga perhaps more aptly well actually with any with any of these games there's always uh, t- talking of politics there's always one over competitive family yes, member who takes yes. on a sort of donald trump persona the minute the game is set out and who intends to win at all costs um yeah, it, it's, it's all terribly draining i think and ruins the ambience of the holiday holiday time so that's why i am banning all games yeah well you know i i, I do feel maybe uh, maybe rather than banning games mm, i'm going to try to put okay. steve onto a onto a more sensible path this yeah. seems to be my sort of sisyphean task on this <laughs> podcast so i i okay ban ban games that are competitive i know i now sound like some kind of you know music knitting liberal but but ban games that are competitive why don't we play pandemic together terence and then we can literally <laughs> save the world and you know who could fall out about that well that's very true that, that could be the answer juliet has been to see a group that describes itself as a black feminist punk band of course she has eye rolls the various listeners that hear this regularly <laughs> we'll find out all about that right after the avalanches
as a single, this reached number 16 on the UK charts in 2001. It was one of those songs that you heard in bars and shops all through the spring and the, the summer of that uh, that year. Also the title track of their first album, the sample-heavy goodness of the avalanches and Since I Left You. What a wonderful band. Mm. I often chat about this about this album. It's just a, just a wonderful, just, you know, such a cornucopia of sound. It is, it is you know, it was quite, weirdly, it was quite pioneering for its time. It was, it was sort of hot off the heels. It wasn't the first album to be made completely of samples. That was DJ Shadow um, and mm. introducing. But it's just, it's got, there's such lightness and fun to it, which is why it was so puzzling that they disappeared for so long disappeared for about 15 16 years before producing their second and to this day only two albums uh, in total the, the avalanche is as you say absolutely excellent now before we find out about your night at the prince albert in brighton mm, earlier yes. this week uh, let's find out what you're up to over what many are calling the yuletide Ah, uh, indeed, yes. Uh, chris, chris mooker as my uh, as my <laughs> jewish christian friends call it yes um <coughs> Apart from coughing my guts mm. up at regular intervals, I am DJing at the Printworks Ooh. this evening, Saturday the 15th of December. Um, if you are listening to this in real time, want to come to Hastings, do. Modern Life's Not Rubbish at the Printworks. I'll be on from half nine to half one, and then there is a kindly soul that is doing the back end from half one to three. I will be tucked up in bed at mm. that point, I hope. Um, also, um, for those of you that are around and about, um, we'll be doing the Christmas, the big fat indie Christmas edition of Indie Wonderland, which is always Ooh. enjoyable, on uh, Wednesday the 19th of, of uh, I was going to say January, a bit, mm. bit late then, 19th of December from 8 to 10pm, barricaderadio.com, indie, alt, miscellaneous, interesting things. Also, if you wish to enjoy my band over the Christmas period, Ooh. you can uh, come to Wow and Flutter on the afternoon of Saturday, the 22nd of December, where we will be doing an in-store to uh, to promote our recently released record, Mrs. Punch is not for sale. So we'll be doing that and uh, a couple of Christmas tunes, which we are hoping to learn as well. Um, and fi- and finally, 29th of December, your Crimbo Limbo Saturday Entertainment. Uh, myself and my my uh, second DJ wife, Bongo Debbie Greensmith, <laughs> of various bands' fame, will be uh, DJing at the Dragon Bar on Saturday, 29th of December, from eight to uh, eleven. Um, basically, cheering us all up after Christmas. Just a time to sort of. Hang, hang loose and, uh, and listen to some nice tunes. Also, thanks to you for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Always you. And thank mm. you for being with us all year, mm. frankly. And it's, I, I love the fact that people interact with us on Twitter. People genuinely seem to be interested. And, you know, I always find that very heartening, frankly. Mm. So, I do. so thanks, everyone, for your friendship this year. And we look forward to hearing, hearing and, and seeing you in 2019. And thanks to executive producers Rona and Hilly. Without whom it probably wouldn't happen, I suspect. Exactly. Well, we'll be, we'll be back in a couple of weeks after our traditional uh, Christmas break. Uh, again, yeah, a so sentence... We'll be put into... A, yeah, we'll be put into our fur-lined boxes for a couple of weeks and then uh, popped out again. It's a sentence, of course, that will hold no meaning if you are listening in July 2023. Absolutely. Well, are they if, talking about? Well, if you're going back through a list, that's why there's a gap of, well, of, of two weeks, yeah. Now, since you brought this band to my attention, I really like what I've heard of their music, particularly the track that we're going to play out with in a, in a little mm. while. But as I mentioned, uh, they describe themselves as a black feminist punk band, and they, they say they're taking on the white patriarchy. And I do understand why people get angry, but... And you can tell me if I'm being naive here. I possibly am. I'm wondering if the music business is, in 2018, really such a place that it needs protesting against. One look at the charts, both in the UK and particularly in the USA, suggests that 
music from black artists has never been more popular. So, it, or is it, is, it a, is it the fight a deeper one? And they're talking about society as a whole, maybe. Well, yes, and I think that having seen them, I think that the latter is probably true. Although, interestingly, there are certain genres of music where where their black artists are hugely successful. I wonder if that's on white people's terms, though. Uh, you know, looking at the at the indie, you know, obviously my interests are particularly modern interests are particularly Indian and alt rock and that sort of thing. And occasionally, me and my friend try to name the amount of black artists there are. And you know, literally, the bloke from Block Party, one of Elbow. Hmm. Shrug and and you know how, and and in terms of you know so so Big Joni are are a an all female uh, they describe themselves as a black feminist punk band as you say um, they are there there's a, there's a, a trio and you know how many other of those bands are there you know how how many and and there just need to be one and actually I think there's a debate here as to that's how they define themselves and they are brilliant at doing that and it is so refreshing that they do that but equally having watched them. I hate the idea that we have to call them the new something, and maybe I'm making a mistake here as a white music journo by mm. comparing them to a white girl band. But there are there were echoes of the slits about them that I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, their 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 on stage setup is very interesting, and and it goes to the heart I think of who they are and what they want to do. So the, the, so they come on. They they lost their first bass player who sadly moved to Scotland, so they've now got a replacement bass player. They they initially started through something called First Timers, which is an initiative that, that takes place in London. It's very much kind of a DIY scene, and it's very much an alternative scene, so it's kind of very queer-inclusive. Um, quite a few of my friends have formed bands as a result of which, and the idea is, is that you either haven't played an instrument before or you're allowed to do it if you're playing a different instrument. And um, this band played, formed, mm. as part of First Timers, and Steph Phillips, who is the sort of singer guitarist person um they um she she wrote to um she got in touch she she started her first band which brilliantly is called my therapist says hot damn which is <laughs> such a great name for a band but she said um you know she wanted to know she worked facebook with post saying does anyone want to join a black punk band and um Chardine, who's the drummer, who's very vocal, uh, she met um, she met her at a black feminist meetup apparently, and replied and just said, "I want to play like Jesus and Mary Chain. I want to play stand up drums." So when they're on the stage, Chardine, the, all three of them have mics. Mm. The drummer has a mic as well, and she plays drums standing up, and they stand in a line, a straight line. So the drummer is not at the back of the mm, stage, that's and they are all in an mm. equal line, which I think is brilliant. Mm. And they. She gave. They were fantastic. They, the three of them, you know, do really well. The bass player is super cool and occasionally interjects and is very funny. Uh, Steph, the singer and guitarist, has this wonderfully soulful voice, and she sings with a half smile, which is so lovely to see as well. She really gets into it. And then the drummer is is, re, as I say, very vocal. And during this version, it is her that does the shouting of the notes, mm. while Steph does the kind of the singing. And they just they did this as an encore so they played the prince album which is not a big venue but it was it was lovely to see a real variation of people there and they they we we shouted them back for an encore and so they said okay then we'll do this and they're known for doing this cover and and Shardine actually said gave a really good speech where she said you know this this cover is it feels more timely than ever in terms of perhaps the me too movement and the idea that women just won't you know women want to do things on their own terms now they don't want to do things on the terms of men and she said you know we're we're, we're hitting a moment of, of you know of real panic in general politics and as she put it 
bluntly the fascia out on the streets again you know she said we've got to you know we've all got to stand together and we are intersectional and you know we, we she said if you, there is someone you know who is who is less privileged than you in all sorts of ways so you know mm. someone who is poorer than you someone who is you know more of an ethnic minority than you someone that is queer than you you know whatever we all have to stand together and bind together because otherwise quite potentially terrible things will happen and we've got to stand up and say no you can't do that you know i'm not having this i'm not having mm. people be treated like like you know like second class citizens it's my job as much as anybody to stand up for other people and i was really inspired by that i thought it was great and then they did this and uh, uh, the, you know the shouts of no i just think it's a great you know it's it's a, it's a, it was a tradition you know originally a very glossy and hugely successful pop song it was never off the radio when i was younger mm. um by um, all american girl band tlc um lisa left i lopez sadly no longer with us but they are they were you know they they were quite pioneering in their own way but the the original version of this song was very smooth and glossy and that you might argue is how it's had its impact in that like independent women by destiny's child it smuggled this kind of message of female empowerment into it sort of smuggled it into the main culture whereas here it's really put front and center and i think that's really cool so uh, so this is um this is big Joni, and this is them doing tlc's and no scrubs Oh, my God. 
You have been listening to a DAC Media Production.